and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we will be discussing Revenge of the Sip. But before that, hi, I'm Liv. I use she, her pronouns, and you can find me everywhere at Olivia Amidala, my brainworm of the week. Um, I, I didn't come prepared. I don't even think I have a brainworm this week. On um, the fly, go. God. Mm. Uh, okay, me supporting Marta Rowe without knowing what's going to happen in Path of Deceit and everyone pointing and laughing at me. That's my brainworm. Yeah, I, can't back, so- I, can't, I can't back up now. I gotta support her. <laughs> you're so valid for that. Though. So true. Thank you. Listen, I've supported many a girl boss that I should not have supported. My favorite Greek mythological character is, in fact, Medea, who does kill <laughs> her own children. So, um, problematic girl boss. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. It's, a, it's it's a reoccurring thing. So whatever Marta Rowe does, I will probably stand behind her. Um, so true. Yeah. Um I'm proud of you, you it, for entering your higher public era as well. Literally just gonna say if you couldn't tell, I have entered my high republic high republicification era. So true. Yeah. So true. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can go next. Yeah. Okay. So, hi, my name is Hayden. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at taika.ytd, on Twitter and Instagram at mcuytd, and on Hive at balancelover69, although I don't know how much longer Hive's going to last. But my brainworm of the week is avid letterboxed user Han Solo. But he doesn't write actual reviews. He just writes those like one sentence joke reviews that apparently everybody's getting mad about right now. He's just like me for real. And that brainworm comes on the heels of me completely reformatting my own letterbox because it's been the same for about mm, almost four years now. 2020, 21, two. Yeah, almost four years now. So last night I finally updated it. And unfortunately, Star Wars affied it unfortunately um but yeah you can find me on letterboxd as well as film ytt and i can't change the username so that's unfortunate they don't let you change the username on letterboxd unless they let you change it one time and it's only for like emergencies if you like have your first and last name as your letterboxd or whatever i know Ooh. i've seen someone been able to do it but it was just like an emergency one-time thing yeah, that's that's why mine is uh jedi thor yeah because i made it back in like 2018 i think oh so. my god uh emily why don't you introduce yourself uh hello i'm emily you can find me on uh twitter and instagram at underscore stardust m and on tiktok at stardust m uh my brainworm of the week is cyril karn witnessing the fire at the jedi temple as a child been like so true <laughs> so revenge of the sith from a certain point of view when exactly revenge of the sith <laughs> from a certain point of view where we get like cyril karn and uh as a five-year-old and jenner so as a two-year-old being like what <laughs> <sighs> what's up over there 
And then his mom like slowly coming into the room and taking all his Jedi figurines. Yes, <laughs> you know she flipped so fast. Oh yeah. Edie Card was immediately like, well, he said so. <laughs> um, well, in that case, what happened this week? Or in the two weeks since we've recorded? Bad Batch? Mm. pretty much that's pretty much it to be honest i completely forgot about the bad batch (laughs) we've had some discussions i would say with some of our besties and all i can say about that is that it is not looking good for the bad batch at all but on a more positive note i can confirm that I'm reading Midnight Horizon. I just got to page, what is it? 278. There are 475 pages. I am well over halfway done. You can see. Again, the way you tab books stresses me out. (laughs) I know. I just, for the listeners, the way I tab books is just, I see something I like and I put a sticky tab on the page. I don't label it. I don't do anything. If I see something I like or like something that makes me think I just put a sticky note on the page. It's it's not putting a sticky note. Like it's I do it where like I put the sticky note by like the quote or the thing that I I like. So if I flip back and you find it, hey just does it like a bookmark. Yeah. (laughs) Like that stress. And I, I don't use different color bookmarks. The only reason I use different color bookmarks is because on my little like tab thing, it's a rainbow. So like whenever I run out of one row, like I'm almost done with the, with the blue one, I just move on to the next one. I don't color coordinate or anything. I just sticky, sticky tab on it and fuck it, we ball, you know? So yeah, I'm reading Midnight Horizon. Daniel and Ethan, you can't be mean to me anymore. And then I thought of this just before we started recording. Midnight Horizon, more like Midnight Horizon. Let me tell you, those Cantum inserts. (laughs) I had to take several minutes and laugh about that edging bit. And then another one. Oh, go ahead. I was like, we'll get into it. But you reading Midnight Horizon and I was watching uh, Revenge of the Sith at the same time really just confirms Yoda didn't give a fuck about any other Jedi besides (laughs) and then a bonus one Corellia more like Horellia so true so true I don't know the context (laughs) but I agree because it produced Han so exactly that was what I was thinking produced Han the solo references, Daniel who's the older, really, he does it wow. for us. He does it for the solo girlies. Also, also, I forgot, um, the tag name drop, like, Domita tag, what are the, mid- or like, <laughs> the fathers of Corellia is a tag? Oh, Slay. Yeah. So true. I, actually, let me try and find that sticky tab, this will be fun. Maybe I that's why you should, um... <laughs> right on on your tabs maybe oh i found it color coordinator (laughs) i found it page 163 
Uh, Ovis Buckle, father, father of finances. That one, a short, burly fellow with a bright red beard. You know, it's re- you know he's a tag because he has red hair. Ginger. Finmost Tag, father of chemicals, which is interesting. What what's he building in there? Why is he why is he dealing chemicals. with chemicals? What is he building? <laughs> what's he building? What's he in there? building in there? What the hell is he building in there? <laughs> anyway. <is> he <laughs> does he know (laughs) anyway that's my midnight horizon escapade does he know his great great grandchild will will be hot (laughs) (sighs) she's so she's so yeah (sighs) oh we'll get to that when we get to comics I just remembered I don't want to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) revenge of the sith what do we think about it it used to be my all-time favorite movie like all-time favorite star wars movie yes Mm -hmm. when i was in my prequel girly era but i am i am no longer in that era as you can probably (laughs) surmise if you will um, but I still I still like it a lot. I think it's definitely the best of the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like it now because of all of the connections it has to ancient Rome. <laughs> like, Interesting. I when I first started my Star Wars t- TikTok, I did like a three or four part video of me explaining all the connections that specifically Palpatine has to Emperor Augustus and like how their rise to power is basically the exact same thing it's very interesting and I can get into it more later but yes please do yeah yeah. but that's that's kind of where my love for Revenge of the Sith is at this point because it's so like historically there I I don't have words (laughs) But yeah, George Lucas and you connected. are really on the same wavelength with that one. George George Lucas, he he looked at ancient history and said, "Damn, I'm gonna take some notes." Like the Mandalorians, <laughs> that's just Sparta. That's just Sparta. He's so true, <laughs> so valid of him. <laughs> like I I love him for that. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, good for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Liv. I definitely think it's the best. It's the best of the prequels, even though I have a lot of issues with specifically the way they handled Padme, which we'll get oh, into, yeah, which I feel too. like mm-hmm. very brings it down my ranking a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really enjoyable. And I think especially um, we were talking right before this, my context of like the connections now that can be made between like this and you know the Clone Wars and um Kenobi like it does it is very good in that context and like it's cool like seeing like Cody in live action um and like all the clones and stuff like that's really fun and imagining like knowing seeing Order 66 and being able to fill out like what was happening for now Reva and Kanan and um Ahsoka and like a ton of the and a couple of the other Jedi is really cool um and it, I think it makes it hit probably way harder than it did in theaters where you're just like 
Okay. He's ran out of time. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, and I think, I also think this movie does a pretty good job of displaying the um, natural chemistry that Hayden and uh, Ewan have. Um, I think it really shines through and I think that it makes, you know, their ending ultimately better. I think I just wish that, once again, we had gotten more of them. Like, I really mm-hmm. feel like looking back, I know other people have said this, like, the Phantom Menace should have been cut down to, like, a half a movie and also went into there, and, like, the Clone Wars should have been a movie, and then Revenge of the Sith, because mm-hmm. I do feel like that would have been uh, better to see more of their relationship along with uh, having, I think, the context of Ahsoka and Anakin mm-hmm. as well. Um, Because that's really kind of just, you really notice its absence after the Clone Wars and everything else that has happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming even after uh, Soka, it's going to be even more noticeable. Yeah. Um, My thoughts on Revenge of the Sith. Again, it used to be my favorite movie, I think, because I grew up with the prequels. But then when I did my rewatch uh two years ago after I had finished Fallen Order that was when I no the the down the downward spiral began it all it all went downhill from there (laughs) playing Fallen Order and its consequences but anyway I the first time I watched Revenge of the Sith after like finishing the Clone Wars playing the the playthrough of order 66 on fallen order let me tell you the playthrough of order 66 in fallen order hits so differently because you are literally going through it as cal like you're hiding from the clones in like the vents of the ship that they're on to try and like escape from the clones so seeing that like the order 66 scene for the first time i watched that after fallen order i had to take like an hour break it was it was so bad it was so disastrous. I also I, forget it happens at the midway point of the movie. Yeah. I that's not like, it's like yeah. halfway. It's such yeah. a weirdly paced movie, but in a yeah. good way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like every time I watch it, I'm like, holy shit, there's stuff after this? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just such like a central point. And so much media has been centered around that or like featured it. It just feels like it's a lot more important than it is in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that has, of course, its benefits and consequences. But like, like you, like you said, Emily, like the, it's, it's weirdly structured and I don't know, but anyway, I think it's a good movie. It's a solid movie uh it's not my favorite now certainly not now um yeah I think for now I it's it's my favorite prequel movie definitely Mm -hmm. I used to be a big Anakin and Obi-Wan girly I used to like their relationship a lot and then I kind of consumed other media and then they kind of like fell into the background but I mean, my first memory ever of, like, coming into consciousness was the Mustafar battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan. So that... hmm? Damn, that's a... That's a... A hell of an interesting entry point. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's very indicative of who I am as a person. 
that reminds me of the one time when I was watching it. I think I was at a cottage with my family. I don't know why I was watching it. That that was during my prequel pre- bleh, prequel era girly, <laughs> you know. Um, so I was watching it, and then my nephew, who was like three or four at the time, came in at the exact moment where Anakin beheads Dooku. And I was like, please, please do not remember this. Please, I don't want this to be a core memory for you, you poor little child. But I'm sure he's seen worse. Um, he's, I'm not going to say anything anyways. <laughs> but yeah, so that just reminded me of that. Hopefully I didn't traumatize a child. <sighs> Traumatizing your nephew. <laughs> The prequels Just and their consequences. Things. <laughs> With that, I think we can kind of start going into more of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, since we're kind of switching up our format so we don't have two and a half hour long episodes. <laughs> sorry, listeners. Believe me, we know and we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, does anybody have any thoughts regarding Anakin? in this movie okay so I used to be an Anakin girly a a Stanakin if you will but not like one of the the bad ones I promise (laughs) um and I I really like him in this movie and it really breaks my heart to watch his fall every time like every time I'm like please please just talk to Obi-Wan talk to your wife Go to there. Go to see a therapist. <laughs> All of this would be changed. The you Jedi have therapists. About... <sighs> Probably by the time of the the that era of the Republic, I feel like they had budget cuts, and they're like, yeah. "Never mind. We don't need these bitches." Um, Nobody's here anyway. <laughs> yeah, but like, oh, if this man just verbalized what he was worried about. Like, Jet, can Padme just go to a space gynecologist? Like, that would solve most of these problems. That's it. That's, I just, I feel bad for him. But he is responsible yes. for what he did. Like, the people who are like, oh, it was all Palpatine. He manipulated him. Yeah, he manipulated him, but Anakin But it was still, still his choice. Did that, Yeah. Like, and that's especially apparent in the last scene between him and Padme when he's like, I can, I can overthrow the emperor. We can rule together. And it's like, Padme's okay, like what so the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> obviously he's not just doing this for the emperor if he wants to overthrow him. So yeah, that's, that's my two cents about Anakin. <laughs> so true. Based. Thank you. You're Thank you. <laughs> I never want to go too hard like it's I feel so weird because like I don't want to be the like I don't like Anakin that much he's really not a Mm -hmm. favorite character Mm -hmm. and so I never I feel weird talking about him though because I do love characters like Cyril and Kylo so much (laughs) where a lot of people would point out well aren't they really similar to Anakin yes but (laughs) they just oh Emily has entered the ham dimension hello Hello, sorry, I got sent to the ham dimension. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I feel you for the Kylo Anakin thing, though, because it's like 
yes they're similar but no they're not no they're not (laughs) I'm like it's like the same thing like I don't think I don't know it's just something about Kylo Ren I think I think the difference is I think Cyril and Kylo have a little bit more of this patheticness (laughs) that Anakin (laughs) doesn't have as much (laughs) like they have this loser aspect Mm -hmm. to them we're like, yeah, because like all people do is talk about how like powerful Anakin is and how he's like the chosen one. Whereas like with Cyril and Kylo, it's like, you're a failure. <laughs> you're just so bad at what you do. And like, yeah, Kylo's powerful, but like, and like that's, I think, <laughs> what yeah. is it? Your, uh, I can't remember the post now, but it's like your, oh, your cringe fail personality <laughs> has bewitched me. <laughs> Yeah, but I sometimes I get frustrated with Anakin in this because, like, I understand he's being manipulated, but sometimes he'll do stuff, and I'm like, why are you yelling at, like, Padme for simply, yeah. like, talking? Why are you yelling at Obi-Wan for, like... They're asking if you're okay. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and then he's, like... And it's it's so funny to me. Like, I understand, but it's so funny to me where he's, like, that's against the Jedi Code. And I'm like, Anakin, you beheaded someone this film. Like, <laughs> getting all like you're you have all actively have a wife that you're like <laughs> sleeping you're like he goes from like obi-wan being like that's against the jedi code to spy on palpatine and then he goes back to padme's apartment and i'm like but like i get it but like we have to cognitive distance you gotta <laughs> so true um, my opinion on oh go ahead oh no go oh my opinion on anakin in this film is that he was always destined to be the tragic character, but my God, does he make some bad decisions. <laughs> like, they they are really just poorly thought out decisions. Like, why would you force choke your wife? Why? I, he has I don't ADHD. Get He's very impulsive. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's I don't want to say... <laughs> I don't want to say he's just like me for real because I don't want to choke my wife, but anyway... No, but... <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know among Stanikins, especially nowadays, there's a lot of discourse between the character they portray him as in the Clone Wars and the character they, they portray him as in Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea that Emily put forth that other people have said where it should have been like, Phantom Menace should have been cut in half, then it should have had the start of the Clone Wars, and then there should have been like an actual Clone Wars movie, and then Revenge of the Sith to kind of mesh it all together because if you Mm -hmm. like for example in the early 2000s if you just went like straight from Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith and you weren't watching like the the 2D Clone Wars on Cartoon Network you would not know what the fuck was happening you don't know how this character in Attack of the Clones kind of really decided to fall to the dark side and decide to follow Palpatine at the end of Revenge of the Sith like really mm-hmm. it's just really interesting how some stanikins not defend him but like explain his actions a little bit mm-hmm. or the people who who say that he and darth vader are different people that no. i cannot stand no. i cannot stand he's that. always been he's always been darth vader he's always mm-hmm. been dark impulsive passionate mm-hmm. he's at the, even in the introduction 
of his character in the phantom menace he had attachments to his mom yeah like he still he he wasn't meant to be i don't want to say he wasn't meant to be a jedi but like it the life just wasn't for him mm-hmm. and i think he was forcing himself through the jedi order because that's what his mom would have wanted yeah. and there's something else actually that i forgot to bring up but in the obi-wan and anakin comic obi-wan really struggles by charles soul by the way another w from charles soul but anyway um Anakin is really like feeling conflicted about the order. I can't remember. I think it's a couple years after Phantom Menace. So this is when he's still like 13, 14. Like he's considering leaving the Jedi Order. And then it's revealed that if Anakin leaves the Jedi Order because of the promise he made to Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan would have to leave the Order too in order to keep training him. Which I feel like if he left the order and was just under the guise of Obi-Wan and they were kind of like separate, although they were still training with each other, obviously the movies would have gone differently, but it would have had, he would have, the problems that he had with attachment and passion and everything like that probably would have been solved mm-hmm. because Obi-Wan had the experience with Satine. And if he ever like sat down and really talked to Anakin about Satine, I feel like he and Anakin could have empathized with Obi-Wan more and he wouldn't have, you know, literally sacrificed the entire galaxy to save his wife. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But in the context yeah. of this movie, um, I don't know. He's he's I, always been Vader. Oh, oh go ahead. That, that's yeah. all I have to say. And I, I feel like if Anakin and Vader are two separate people, then ultimately his sacrifice means nothing. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, that end part with Luke doesn't have the impact if you separate them into two separate people. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think like you, and I think like, I appreciate in other forms of media where I think like they've tried to kind of like bridge the gap, like, I know some people have been like, oh, well, like that scene with Krennic in Rogue One, like it doesn't feel very Vader. And I'm like, it well, is what it's are you Anakin. About? <laughs> it's Anakin. That's it's Anakin's humor mm-hmm. shining through because they're the same person. Also, because Vader knows this this is for the Rogue One episode, but like <laughs> Vader knows that that's the worst thing he can do to Krennic is like make fun of him. Because mm-hmm. Krennic wants to be taken seriously so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's my favorite scene. Vader, it's so good <laughs> like it's fuck so good the, and the hallway scene that scene is the best Vader that, scene in, Bro- in yeah. Rogue One in Rogue One and it's so it's so Anakin like that mm-hmm. joke that it, it's so Anakin and Vader in one person um so like I appreciate when like uh they've tried uh to do that and I think Rebels also did it with Ahsoka and um Kenobi did it with you know Obi-Wan uh and yeah it's really important to see them as one person for ultimately that redemption or at least I don't redemption sacrifice uh yeah, yeah. to at least to at least redemption gain to Luke yeah mm-hmm, to at yeah. least gain Luke's forgiveness I don't think that his redemption really expands past mm-hmm. Luke um nope. nor should it because he doesn't mm-hmm. really do anything to <laughs> He saves um, Luke. He doesn't save anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, 
yeah I will say I think I like Anakin best in this movie because I do think it is interesting to see him have that kind of internal struggle mm-hmm. um and you know he really he really does go through it <laughs> oh yeah he's in the trenches oh yeah <laughs> like he's 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 having a hard time he's and... in the trenches of Mustafar <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um shout out to whoever made the decision to have him wake up from a nightmare shirtless and titties out um that was that was a a nice choice that was a delicious idea thank you yeah thank you thank you from all hayden christensen enjoyers (laughs) aka me oh i should have worn my hayden christensen shirt today but boo (laughs) also giving him a a scar just for like funsies (laughs) my favorite i don't know if you guys know this but someone asked george lucas how he got the scar and his response was that he fell down in the shower <laughs> and like hit his head and that's it because I in like that. legends in that 2d clone wars it was asajj who gave it to him but george is like nah no. he's a loser <laughs> he got it falling down yes. in the shower see in my head canon it was he tried to pet a loaf cat Oh, that that would be good too. I'm like a, yeah. when he went to like some planet for the Clone Wars, and I just got him. <laughs> when he and Obi Wan took a little vacation out to Lothal, yeah, <laughs> just to see what see what's going on at the temple. Just to actually, see what the you know, you know how he got it. He got how? it from a Nexu cat. That's actually fluffy. So true. From, oh my god. So true. Yeah. So true. I'm like, I'm accepting nothing else now. Okay, awesome. <laughs> one of those, one of those little cat, or one of those cats that are in on Batu, uh, <laughs> so <Anakin>. true. <laughs> <Just> crush. <laughs> Batu capitalism never stops. <laughs> you buy it. You buy like a plushie. It's like cat who scratched Anakin. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> From Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Canon. Canon. Um, I think I'm gonna let you talk about this, Emily. Uh, Emily. Damn. Emily. Fancy. <laughs> Let's move on to Padme. I know you oh, have lots of thoughts about oh, this. Fun times. <laughs> okay, first of all, this is petty, but I just want to say. That nightgown, beautiful, gorgeous. What the fuck is? She can't sleep in that. No. There's metal. She's laying on her side. They show her laying on their side, mm-hmm. pearls digging into her. Ugh. Her hair is so curly in a way that is not nat- Natalie Portman's like natural hair. She's brushing it. Who the fuck brushes curly hair? And she's sleeping with like a high half up, half down style. That's not comfortable. You're like, losing your I, hair. I, I'm losing my mind, like, at the fact that they thought that was appropriate, like, sleepwear, especially because <laughs> that dress does not look, like, besides the fact that it's made of, like, silk, Satin it doesn't something. look like a nightgown. No. And, like, they yeah. showed Padme in, like, more comfortable outfits when she's, like, doing stuff. I baffles my mind. Like, um, the, the nightgown in Attack of the Clones, where she has, like, that robe over top. Yeah. Perfect. That's perfect pajama wear for Padme because obviously she has to be bougie but like (laughs) you can't sleep with pearls digging into your arm I can't sleep with pants on half the time like (laughs) 
like I I literally cannot comprehend what <laughs> that of- said appropriate sleepwear. Some of the wardrobe choices in this movie are interesting, uh, mm-hmm. to say the very least. The headband <laughs> is another one. That's just a personal, but the headband. Oh my lord. <sighs> uh, but besides that, um, George Lucas. I really fucking hate you for what you did to Padme in this film. Like, it's truly the deepest anger in my soul. And the reason it makes me so sad that I cannot, like, consider Padme, like, my favorite character, like, one of my favorite characters, no matter how badly I want to, um, just because of this movie. Because the way that this is, like, it almost feels like a 180 from the character that was established. Like, what happened was... Mm -hmm. They gave Padme a personality, but then remembered, oh, fuck, she's just supposed to be Anakin's love interest and she needs to die. So, like, get rid of all of that. (laughs) And, like, I'm not doubting that Padme would be, like, a doting pregnant mother, but not in this way. Like, what is she talking about? I'm just going to go back to Naboo and set up the baby's room. I'm so, it's just because you're so in love with me. Huh? No. (laughs) Listen, I started to listen to the Revenge of the Sith audiobook like adaptation. Oh, I think I know uh, I, yeah, I, I know, know what you're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. It was so well written until it got to the first chapter from Padme's point of view. And she basically said that she wants people to be able to see her as Anakin's wife over a senator or former queen. And I was like, what? who 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 allowed this I'm sorry but that that doesn't make sense for her she's the one who always puts her planet first exactly first she she no (laughs) no you're absolutely correct I've never been a big Padme person go ahead the one time she tries to express an opinion about the war it is immediately steamrolled by Anakin and he just and then she immediately goes into this doting like oh my god no don't be, don't be mad let's just like hold each other like the make of a boo who is this woman like yeah. I like there's no way that like Padme would just like I understand drop everything like, drop everything for like her ideals like I don't understand this like this is the same person who's like fought so hard in the Senate and like fought for her planet not to be invaded mm-hmm. at like 14. No, like at her core, she serves, like her purpose is to serve her people. And mm-hmm. like you said, Emily, her just immediately like dropping everything to go back to Naboo and set up like the nursery, like yeah. abandoning her responsibilities as a Senator, basically abandoning her role in Naboo's public eye as, you know, the leader and one of the most popular queens they've ever had who they literally tried to change the planet's constitution for so she could stay on longer it just the the dots aren't connecting and And like the entire the entire conflict like why they can't be together in attack of the clones is because padme is didn't want it to get in the way of her her senatorial work exactly so and like I once again I don't want to like brush this off like Padme wouldn't have been like a doting mother because I think she 100% would have been but I also think that we've seen very clearly how in Star Wars how you can write 
a character who is a loving mother and a supportive mother and also holds positions of power. Brea Organa is right fucking there. <laughs> so like, true. I'm gonna lose my mind. Like, and then her death. Look, I know people have their theories about Palpatine stealing her life force. And I like that. But mm-hmm. I think it's important to acknowledge I don't think that was George Lucas's original intent and he just thought it was completely fine to say she lost the will to live because Anakin went to the dark side even though once again I don't like that because that implies that like Anakin is her whole life when like she just gave birth to two children who once again given the woman penny is the fact that that in other media she's discussed wanting children to raise children one day that would have kept her going fighting against Palpatine in the senate would have kept her going her friendship with Bale and Mon Mothma like I just feel like those are things that mattered to her in her life she had a family mm-hmm. she had sisters she, her parents and sisters are still alive on the boom all of her handmaiden friends Sabe mm-hmm. like all of those things were also as important to Padme as Anakin so like, yeah, I would love to believe that Palpatine stole her life force because honestly, that makes more sense. I just don't think that's what George Lucas intended because once again, Absolutely I think not. he forgot the personality that he gave Padme. Yeah. And it's extremely <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> as much as I'd like to criticize and hate on the Padme trilogy, that does a really good job at emphasizing how important Padme's other connections are to her, like to mm-hmm. Sabe, to her handmaidens, to her family. Like in that deleted scene from, what is it, Attack of the Clones, where she's talking about how she lives with her parents and she changed her name so that she didn't want her parents to have to deal with the fact that she was the queen. It, two plus two equals fish, you know? And I've never been a big Padme person, I've said it before, but when you lay when you when the cards are dealt it's it's just a bad hand it yeah speaking of deleted scenes though the delegation of 2000 like i will never be over the fact that they didn't put that in the movie because it was completely edited like all of the it was fully green screen stuff is like it was all ready to go it could have if they just put that in the movie and gave Padme something to do that wasn't be pregnant and be sad over Anakin, like it would have made her character in that movie Completely at least different. a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But <clears throat> also, Padme, the concept of like Padme helping to form the beginnings of the rebellion that yes. are just cut and have not been like recanonized in anything else, which is yeah. frustrating to me because there, I feel that there have been opportunities for them to oh, kind yeah. of recanonize that. Mm-hmm. Um, extremely, like just, ugh. and even though I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't think that Padme would ever kill Anakin. However, at least like a part of me is like, well, at least she would have something to do. Like yeah. if they like if she went to Mustafar with her little knife to like try to kill him, like at least that gives her something to do versus nothing. Like at least mm-hmm. the one part I appreciated was like when she was like, I don't want this. And like I think that was a true moment of like Anakin got so lost in what he wanted, he did forget the woman that he mm-hmm. married. That like he was like, Oh, we can roll together. It's like Padme never wanted that. She talked constantly about her belief in democracy. Mm -hmm. Um, She talked constantly about, you know, 
uh, wanting to like serve her people. So no, she doesn't want to be the ruler of the galaxy, Anakin. And you got so lost in trying to save her and and viewing her as yours that you forgot that she's like her own person, her own person. <laughs> with her own beliefs um, that she's expressed to you on multiple occasions. But um, yeah, I... You know, I just uh, remembered something. So in Legends from Dark Horse, there's this mini series called Vader and the Lost Command. And basically, Vader has to go back to either the, the destruction of the Death Star or the destruction of a Star Destroyer. I don't know. It's been like a year and a half since I read it. And it's five issues. Like, I, I'm not going to remember that. But anyway, he has to go find Tarkin's son, which, okay. That's why it's Legends. Oh. But anyway, Anakin keeps having these visions and like thoughts of if he had, if he had, you know, knocked over Palpatine, of Padme becoming like the Chancellor. And to that really does not make sense. Even in Legends, the way that her character was established, her ruling over the entire galaxy, that doesn't make sense. She's, excuse me, Jesus. She's, of course, had a dedication to helping people and that's you know why the per- the whole purpose of why she served in the senate and why she was queen but she's she wants to serve nest- her people she wants to serve her people and protect their traditions and their ways of life while also protecting the the freedom of other pe- of other planets to do that in the galaxy so even in legends like her the idea of becoming chancellor for her it's it, it just doesn't work yeah I and I know I know people are gonna say like people die of broken hearts in real life and I know that I know that happens sometimes Uh, I still don't believe that Padme that would happen to Padme because I still believe that above all her love for her children I think Mm -hmm. would have trumped this idea of losing Anakin I think her want to like especially protect him them from uh from them I just (sighs) Mm -hmm. I really do want to like I really would love to be like I love Padme she's my favorite character but stuff like this it just it's so hard because it I get frustrated by the wasted potential of her character and like what she could have been if she had had a different writer, especially if she had had a female writer, if one woman was in that room, <laughs> this would never have happened. Maria, George Lucas, what's her? Uh, oh, I'm blanking. Oh, George oh. Lucas's daughter? No, wife. Ex wife. Oh, is it Maria? It's Maria, but I don't think it's Maria. <laughs> It's something George Lucas's ex-wife who helped who him helped with the original the, trilogy. That's why yeah. Leia was great. And then they divorced, and that's why the prequels are like that. Ah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> George Lucas talked to a woman challenge. Or talk yeah, to extreme a difficulty. <laughs> Impossible. All caps. <laughs> like 
just truly um she does have some serves i guess outfits though mm-hmm. um the and and this is so this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause is a banger quote oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. can't deny that <laughs> her green um, velvet dress is I in my, my ranked pregnant. list of um padme outfits i think that falls at like number two for me so mm-hmm. i love it that's a slay I will say, I I know some people have that like kind of dumb conversation. They're like, why does Padme look pregnant when she is buried? Because like people don't understand how women's bodies work. My question is if, because we see Luke and Leia, if she gave birth to two, not, those don't look like premature babies. Mm-mm. Why isn't her stomach bigger? Those look like no. full-term, full-term No, twins. seriously, because my, my mom, like my siblings are twins and my mom was huge and when those babies came out they were like less than five pounds each and she was still huge luke and leia those are full-size babies <laughs> so she she would not be running around on mustafar she no, would be I was... like waddling she wouldn't have shoes on she'd be like anna anakin you get the fuck over here <laughs> like also, that's, not, why, that's not a real pregnant woman <laughs> like why they didn't know that she was she knew she was pregnant I was like, Peppy, did you not go to a doctor? They have where to have the, Where's the space gynecologist? Like, this is Coruscant. <laughs> this is supposed to be like the most advanced place. Where, like, where is the space gynecologist? I was like, baby, there's no way that you did not get an ultrasound and they didn't see two babies. Like, did she stop having a period and then she's like, oh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> go to a doctor. No, this truly boils down to George Lucas has never talked to a woman ever. Like she would be having like, she would have been having like prenatal vitamins. Yeah. Like Like, she cares about herself. She cares about herself like that. She's, she's in the know. She would have been taking, religiously taking her prenatal vitamins. She would have been having all the checkups. She would go to Lama's classes, like. Yeah. Also, I do want to say Anakin and Padme are the worst kept secret on Coruscant ever. <laughs> um, the fact that like, you just like, Anakin for no reason is like, gotta go bail. And then like goes behind a pillar where you can still <laughs> see bail walking off. No, bail knew. Bail, bail knew. knew. I'm. I know Bale and Mon Mothma talk about that all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were like, they were like, so they're definitely, that's like, definitely, he's the father for sure, right? Like, and the mom's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. I bet even like, I bet even like fucking Perrin knew. <laughs> Perrin had like one dinner party with Padme and was like, oh, she's, <laughs> they're fucking for sure. <laughs> I'm bad at reading vibes and even I got that one. <laughs> Uh, I think we can move on to the bestie, Obi-Wan, who we have, who had an entire series made about this movie, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Processing his trauma from this one movie. (laughs) He is also in the trenches. He's in the motherfucking trenches. Like this clone he's been working for with for years tries to kill him. And like the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye, he goes back. Everyone he has ever worked with in his life, basically, except for like one person is dead. 
and turns out his his padawan killed them all that that's that's Rough. gotta be and then I he hope has they to have kill therapy on tatooine <laughs> and they don't and we know that <laughs> obi-wan's character in this movie is how do i explain it he has done the best he could to basically raise Anakin, right? Like he saw his home situation after Qui-Gon died. He had to take over caring for him. He was the one who had to train him. As I said before, if Anakin left the order, Obi-Wan would have to leave the order too, to continue to train him. And it just strengthens, it really emphasizes how important their bond is, not only to the Jedi Order, but to the efforts of the war itself. Like, especially in the Clone Wars, like, um, I forget where this quote is from, but it's like, where, or no, this is from the Revenge of the Sith novelization, but they're two sides of the same coin. They're where you, where Obi-Wan goes, Anakin usually goes as well. And it's very, very rare to see them on separate missions from one another. But of course, that connection is their downfall. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when Palpatine, because Palpatine started manipulating Anakin like from the get-go, like in mm-hmm. Obi-Wan and Anakin, the miniseries, <laughs> Palpatine asks for 13-year-old Anakin at like a dance or something. And then he like pulls him over into the corner and talks to him about, like the Jedi Order, like that. Mm-hmm. Well, even in Phantom Menace, he he said he'll watch his career with great interest. Yeah, like yeah, it's just he doesn't very... know who this kid is. Like, <laughs> and I think him taking him away from Obi Wan, who's like the voice of reason, and again, basically who raised him, is one of the main reasons why Obi Wan choose or chose to follow Palpatine. Because he didn't have Obi Wan's wisdom and guiding hand in cho- in making that choice. All in all, he he just went the fuck through it <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, and like I in no way blame Obi Wan for what happened to Anakin, and I feel like when mm-hmm. people do that, it's kind of like not it's like an oversimplification a little bit because like yeah. I. I think what happened with like Obi-Wan is like he got so focused on wanting on wanting to teach Anakin's and and for Anakin to be a better like Jedi than he was that like then he kind of hid his mistakes so he came across as perfect like we talked about like he doesn't talk about the Satine thing mm-hmm. with Anakin um and like Anakin seems to maybe kind of understand but like they don't have that discussion in a way that might have been really actually beneficial for the both of them um you know they both struggled with having this attachment they both have this uh woman who they would have left the first order with um and like even um and then like I mean and then also on top of that being that like there is kind of like I think Obi-Wan doesn't fully understand Anakin because like we see like uh it's not that he's like a slow grower but like he was still a padawan at 25 yeah he 
he we see in like you know the obi-wan the padawan book like he's kind of he's riddled with anxiety in this way that anakin is not he Mm. he he spends a lot longer learning under qui-gon um that anakin did and part of that is like just you know i think supposed to be this implication that anakin just is like kind of this great power um but i think that's another thing is like because oh uh Obi-Wan's experience was so different and like in some cases I think that helps because like they seem to sometimes pair Padawans with masters who are different than them like we see that in like Dooku and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and then Obi-Wan yeah so true yes yes the higher eyes think of the higher public as well um that like um yeah there's there's that struggle that I think like they both did the best that they could but because they both had like these immense emotional issues (laughs) like it was hard yeah it's it's very Elzar in uh Stelina so true (laughs) basically if men can talk about their emotions Revenge of the Sith would never have happened (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) pretty much yeah but um yeah I like Obi-Wan a lot in this movie too actually Mm -hmm. I think he's he's interesting um even though like his fight with Grievous goes on for a really long time I don't know if anybody else felt that way I (laughs) was not I don't remember it being that long. It was like a 25 minute long like stint where they're just following him and like this little like speeder thingy where I go wah, 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 wah. And like I was like, is this a deleted scene? I have no memory of this. <laughs> I also for some reason had no memory of how Grievous actually died. Like I was like, oh, Obi-Wan <laughs> killed him. But I had no memory of him just like shooting him in the chest. My <laughs> favorite part of the entire movie is when Obi-Wan kicks Grievous in the shin and then immediately yells his, like grabs his shin and yells. Honestly, one of my favorite moments in the entire Star Wars universe, if not. It's so funny. It's so funny and I die laughing every single time I watch it. It's so, oh God. One thing this movie does is have some really, really elongated fight scenes like the battle over Coruscant I I don't Appar- remember being apparently that long the original cut was an hour long just for that for that portion for the core for the battle over Coruscant an hour long yeah what the hell were they doing up there that's an entire episode of Clone Wars man I don't I don't need an entire know. arc of Clone Wars yeah but that's- I'm glad they they shortened it they could have shortened it even more I think Mm -hmm. but like what except they they cut out my favorite scene of Anakin speaking speaking because which is the funniest thing ever oh my god that's so funny they should get that out yeah because I can think like why the sodas feels in the same the elevator stuff like it's fun and it's funny but I guess it's nice to have like given the intensity of the later film but like part of me is like Okay. <laughs> the part where, where the elevator stops and Anakin just cuts a hole in the roof and jumps out. He's just like me for real. <laughs> if that's his ADHD kicking in again. 
We need fast solutions. <laughs> but um, yeah, Obi-Wan, it's rough for him. Um, it's disastrous for him. I also like how... Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh i i was gonna say this is for yoda but i do like how yoda fails with palpatine and then it's like i have to go into exile because of that i was like don't you have to go into exile because they're just like chasing the jedi it feels weird <laughs> that we had to admit like the reason was they failed palpatine like obi-wan i get like he's specifically on tatooine to watch over luke um and like he had to go into hiding anyway so sure tatooine is a fine place even though, once again, a little weird. If I was going to look for someone, I feel like if I was like, hmm, I wonder where like Darth Vader's former master would be. I might think of like his home planet. I don't know if they fully thought that one through. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess they I, think that Anakin is just dead, so. Yeah. Yoda in this movie. Oh my God. Listen. <laughs> I, I don't like Yoda to, to begin with, but Yoda tell, like when public. Anakin goes to Yoda and tells him his visions and Yoda's just like, damn, that well, sucks. That's, <laughs> it's just going to happen. You can't do anything about it. That's like the modern equivalent of telling someone that you have depression and they're just like, well, why don't you just like go outside, do some Try yoga, positive. <laughs> drink some water like bitch that's not gonna solve my clinical depression <laughs> like I don't know what <laughs> and especially like because Anakin is obviously mentally ill so like Yoda telling him damn that sucks but it's just the way of the force I'm sorry like like it's true but it's you have to be a little more forgiving I guess like un empathetic that's the word that I'm looking for mm -hmm. yeah I don't know like, I don't fuck with Yoda sorry <laughs> no like I sometimes I'm like why do people hate Yoda so much and then I like watch this and I'm like oh I don't like you <laughs> yeah. I hate Yoda so much like he just like yeah like I get it I get what he's saying in principle mm -hmm. and it would work maybe for someone else but like but for Obi-Wan that Anakin needs a little bit more than just like death is a natural part of life. Like he needs a little bit more, like help a little bit more guidance. A very um, large part of his, um, of his eventual turn to the dark side is the fact that his mother died in his arms and he couldn't do anything to stop it. Mm -hmm. So his perception of death is already very fucked up from, from the fucking get-go, okay? And telling, and first Yoda telling Anakin that he, there was nothing he could do to stop it and that he just has to let it happen. When whatever happened with Shmi happened, the, the dots aren't necessarily connecting my brother in Christ, but I don't know. <laughs> but of course he's 900 years old, so everybody has to listen to him. Also, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, sure. Real easy to hear death is a natural part of life from the guy who's lived for like <laughs> hundreds years. of years. Like, okay. <laughs> like, I guess part of it is like, yeah, like that means that he's more equated and like that means that like he's lost the Jedi that like he's had to train. But then part of it is like, yeah, but you're not worried that much. <laughs> <laughs> 
like well it's like yeah then you've had years of practice Anakin is human he has like two people in his life like he's 22 years old and he's already lost his mom his padawan has walked out on him like like he's he's in the fucking trenches yeah I think he needs a little bit more guidance and empathy than you can give him Yoda fuck that homophobic frog I hate Once him. Again, I, I'm I really feel that I really feel that after Cantum died, he was just like, well, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, that was like my one person, and I'm, I'm done now. Fuck the rest of y'all. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> On the other hand, a character I think is way overhated, Mace Windu. Okay. Everything Why? Mace does is completely justified in this film. <laughs> why do people hate mace so much like he the i think okay where i think this is coming from is the fact that he told anakin to wait for them after they were done dealing with palpatine which like if anakin (laughs) and i think the implication was that he was going to make him a a member of the council yeah because because he would have told the truth yeah yeah so, I okay, now that, like, it's laid out, like, event by event, I seriously don't understand why people hate on Mace Windu so much. Because Especially he's, he's that, not entirely nice to Anakin. Well, maybe sometimes he needs it. Maybe sometimes he needs to be humbled. Like, he no does. Offense, but, like, Anakin's, like, the way that he's so entitled to this idea that he should be a master... One, he needs to be like taken said, out a couple pegs. He's 25. And Obi-Wan is like, hey, man. He's I'm not so even, fuck- he's 22 in this movie. Oh, he's 22? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought he was 25. No. I was like, the way that Anakin, like the way that Obi-Wan is like sitting there like, hey man, I was still like a fucking Padawan. Exactly. I hadn't even, at your age, I hadn't even met you. <laughs> but let's, let's dial it back. But like, there's like, Mace, like he doesn't do anything. And it's like, he is just keeping the best interest of the Jedi in mind, which is what he should do as a member of the Jedi Council. And like, obviously he sees Anakin might have some issues that doesn't quite make him great to be a master yet, but also he is in his 20s and most of the people on the council are now are in the, their 30s like, and 40s. Or yeah. like, I guess I don't know how old Deva Blava is. No, but she has to be in like her 30s too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay. It he really just needs just... to be taken down a peg. No, he needs for a reality real. check, and Mace is there to do that. It really, it just does feel like racism. <laughs> no, oh, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, what other reason? In the end, I really like everything in this movie. I was like, oh, Mace is 100% justified. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. He's, he's just objectively correct. <laughs> I, 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 he's like, I don't get it. And, even the part where he was like, where Anakin was like, no, he needs a trial. I was like, no, he doesn't. No. He, he verbally tri- like the, the he verbally admits to it in front of face. He literally says, I am the Senate. Like mm-hmm. he admits that he has the Senate on hook, line, and sinker. Like he yeah. is orchestrating the Senate and he will orchestrate the Senate so that he's not found guilty. At that like, point, I think they can take more drastic measures. Yeah. And once again, just like I, 
like I get it's like the personal attachment and like it was all part of Palpatine's plan but like my man how could you be like it's against the Jedi code you killed Dooku not you three days Dooku ago without a trial you you want oh my god the hypocrisy I just I just put that together. You want to tell me that you beheaded Dooku, became judge, jury, and executioner when he hadn't really admitted to doing anything Mm -hmm. and that he said he was literally defenseless. He cut off his goddamn hands. He could not do anything. But when Palpatine tells him to to do it, he does it. When Mace does, (laughs) it's against the Jedi Code. That's, it's another way of how Palpatine has manipulated him yeah like so thoroughly because mm-hmm. like, those scenes easy. if you watch them back they mirror each other it's almost the exact same lines mm-hmm. yeah. yeah oh and it's like yeah but also like what did Mace do to deserve that bad death <laughs> he gets I did not realize how far he gets thrown no he gets fucking chucked out of that window like what are the people on course that like like Cyril? the lower levels are like Cyril is like walking outside with his mom and he just sees Mace Windu like fall in the little hole in his condo and it, he just keeps going. Oh, everyone in their apartment building is like, <laughs> none, none of my business. <laughs> That's, we don't. And yet Not some people are like, Mace Windu didn't die. They didn't oh, know body. Oh my God. Like, my brother in Christ. <laughs> When the Book of Boba Fett was airing and Soups kept making those videos about how he wanted Mace Windu to show up and like the frazzled, like grizzled, like. No. <laughs> I get, okay. I get that if you don't see bodies in Star Wars, but they're not, not dead. Really. However. However, some people need to stay dead. <laughs> he was electrocuted by Palpatine. People forget that. Like Vader's, the whole reason Vader died in Return of the Jedi was because Palpatine's lightning was so strong and like so powerful that it literally short-circuited an almost indestructible cyborg electrical system. His hand was cut off and he was thrown probably 100, 150 feet out of the building only to fall a good five or six miles underground. Like at that point, I think we can kind of say the man has perished, you know, yeah. he, he's out for the count. Like there's a difference between Beckett saying that Aura Singh fell to her death and that's the only like proof that we have. And then us seeing Mace go through all of that. Like those are different falling to your deaths mm-hmm. moments, you know, like one could reasonably not be dead. The other that bitch is dead he's he's pretty likely to be dead yeah <laughs> and then but then me i'm like but Plokun, he could have lived and he should have lived yes. and he yes. should have been in the mandalorian so i true. think about that concept art every day oh my god <laughs> that was so slay it <laughs> it should have been him <laughs> yeah listen if all if any of the jedi survived i would think it would be him because i mm-hmm. feel like because especially since he was so close to his clones, like they would have got that Order 66 and been like, nah, we can't do that to Plo. <laughs> and yeah, just they, like they, pretended they to shoot him down, you fake. know? They just yeah. clipped his wing. And so he like yeah, crashed. Exactly. 
he went back they went back for him he's fine yeah he's fine he's, fine. he's actually living in the basement of that of cater nemoidia <laughs> no he's living in the basement of that walker that uh rex and but, wolf yeah. and gregor live on <laughs> And he just like he couldn't reveal himself to Kanan. He thought it would be a little bit too much for him, so he just laid low. <laughs> so true. Oh my god. He was like, I, I think Kanan's already going through it. I can't expose myself. <laughs> I gotta rewatch those episodes. Those are the best. I love. So I funny. fucking love Gregor. Like Gregor is one of my favorite clones. So those those episodes <laughs> mean a lot to me. <laughs> I will say when he didn't show up in the Bad Batch because like Rora, the last we had heard of him was they dropped him off with Sid when he wasn't like sitting. I like have expected when they walked in the office and we just saw somebody's feet. I'm like, oh my god, it's Gregor. <laughs> I, I just I want him to be there. Just I wouldn't free be there him to... from from Sid's place. <laughs> His silly little tank top. Thank you. I love oh him god. so much. It's a present from Omega. <gasps> I'm like, like, I got this for you. <laughs> this is how we win. I think, I honestly think Lucasfilm should hire me. I'm just, I'm just too good at this. I just am giving, too good for my own good. Giving these ideas away for free. For real. Mm-hmm. Like, run me my check, Lucasfilm. Come on, <laughs> cut the check. Hand it over. Um, Palpatine. Liv, do you want me to take it away? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tron, steepling the hands. Oh, I, and you're in your sweater. Uh, for the I'm, listeners, Liv is in a bright sweater. sweater, a threader, if you will. <laughs> Continue. I, I, I know not of what I do. I am simply I placed my fingertips together. <laughs> if that is a Thrawn move, it is. He goes like Perhaps that. Perhaps I did know that, but it's fine. <laughs> Anyways, um, Palpatine. He is, in fact, my favorite villain. Not because I like him, but because I fucking hate him with with everything I have. But there I is think quite that's... literally no redeemable qualities in that man. No, no. But I think to be a good villain, you yeah, you have to be like that. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the way he orchestrated everything, it it blows my mind like the patience this man had because he was he has been planning that for decades no i was just about Mm -hmm. to say i i could never because i i have nowhere near that much patience same i barely have enough patience to like reheat dinner in the microwave yeah i i can't i can't orchestrate these galaxy-wide conspiracies for decades on end like Oh my God. Not just one, two of them. Yeah, at he the same in, time. He yep. was insane for that, like truly. <laughs> my God. But like, okay. Do do you guys want me to go into my ancient Rome? Yes. Conspiracy. Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. So I will try to summarize. But basically, Palpatine is Augustus who originally was Octavian. Um, Octavian was the adopted grandson of, no, adopted, okay. He was Julius Caesar's nephew, who he adopted as his son after his death. If Like he put it into his will that he was adopting him as, as his son. Um, so basically, I think in Star Wars, Chancellor Valorum from Phantom Menace 
is Julius Caesar. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. So because he he doesn't die necessarily, but, but he, he does get he's, bet- he's betrayed. Yeah. He's betrayed by everyone in the Senate, and then Palpatine takes his place. So like, there's no like connection between Palpatine and Valorum in the way that like Caesar and Augustus had, but mm-hmm. still, just you know. Um, and okay, so Octavian was basically a no one, besides the fact that he was kind of in an important family. He didn't have any ranks. Like he, when Caesar adopted him, he was literally like eighteen or nineteen years old. So he hadn't accomplished much much yet. Um, much like Palpatine came from a relatively nowhere planet. Like Naboo isn't a, a big player in the galaxy stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that he rose to power that suddenly is kind of like, hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically when um, Octavian was adopted, he was like, shit, I got to go to Rome because I think he was in somewhere in Northern Greece when he found out the news. Um, so basically he made the journey to Rome and he kind of amassed an army that was loyal to Caesar like wanted to avenge Caesar's death and they were loyal to him because he was Caesar's son now. Um, So when he got to Rome, he pretty much, um, I'm trying to remember the specifics now. I can't remember the specifics, but he runs for consul, I believe, which is like one of the the big leaders in ancient Rome. Um, And this is all before the empire, by the way. I believe he wins that. Um, and one of the first things he does as consul is have these prescription lists. So it's a list of all the people who betrayed Caesar. And mm. so he puts that out Interesting. and pretty much it's fair game to just go out and kill them. Like anyone who okay. wants to. So um, order 66, mm-hmm. eliminating oh. all of his enemies that would oppose him. Mm-hmm. Um and then the the part when he becomes emperor, I think, is the most important part because Octavian, who is the title of Augustus, was bestowed upon him by the Senate, which it's it basically just means revered one. So like the leader of the Roman the Romans, um, but he never called himself that. That title was given to him by the Senate. The Senate was the one who gave him all of his powers, but obviously they were manipulated into doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they kind of reconstruct the Roman Republic into the Roman Empire. Like even, even the words, they're the same. Yeah. Um, and all of that was done willingly by the Senate. They willingly gave up all their powers to augustus because they were manipulated into doing so yes so it's the exact same with palpatine he like in that last scene when he says he's reforming the the empire everyone is clapping and saying oh this is such a good idea and you have the the iconic padme line this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause the same thing it's the same thing so anyways that's my spiel i like that I think yeah. before I narrowed it down to like which character was which historical figure, but I can't exactly remember it right now. So I may have to go back and check, but whatever. Right. That's that's the gist of it. 
that's kind of crazy yeah (laughs) no it's like like I have to believe that's intentional yeah it it has to be George Lucas you crazy crazy girl you crazy because I know he's read his his I believe it's Livy who did the um I can't even remember the book but like the the ancient source for when this all went down who read it and his name is Livy too so it's kind of funny that I'm <laughs> talking about it but you know anyways <laughs> and like because that's like obviously it was um I mean like you can see like the American politic influence in it as well oh, like, yeah. like kind Which, of combined the American the political system is also very also based influenced on by <laughs> the Romans so yes <laughs> it all comes together yeah so nicely (laughs) so this is this is why I have a degree in Greek and Roman studies so I can make parallels to Star Wars (laughs) (laughs) so proud of you so the three the three main drivers of me getting my degree was Star Wars parallels Indiana Jones and Percy Jackson so So true true that's so it. true <laughs> oh and also i want to go to um vatican city someday and use their atm which has latin as a language option oh <laughs> i've i've fancy it up to four reasons <laughs> <laughs> vatican city is probably really hip happening right now oh that's right didn't the pope die one yeah. of them the Pope that retired. Well, it's yeah, it's incredible how we can say one of them because usually there are more than like one Pope living at a time. But this is the Pope who decided he wanted to retire and then lived for another for 10 him. years. Damn. Good Imagine being at Catholic I, school when that was happening. Do you understand? <laughs> oh my God. I know nothing about Catholicism. Yeah. I was raised without religion. So I don't have that trauma. Um, my mom is a former catholic as in she went to catholic school she went to mass and she was like "Mm, this maybe isn't for me (laughs) my dad was the same (laughs) wow your parents are so (laughs) miko anyway that's also why when people talk about uh like what i noticed when like so many people uh dislike the jedi it's like yeah because you were raised catholic yeah um which like I get it and look I won't get into the ways in which Palpatine gives a little groomer priest vibe oh yeah (laughs) oh no he yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent like if you look at the scenes from Obi-Wan and Anakin where he pulls Anakin aside that is like that picture picture perfect representation olivia olivia benson would be in palpatine's fucking halls (laughs) she's just so right (laughs) uh other characters one i will say one big thing about this movie that i loved uh the bail organa appearances he's great in this film oh yeah he's He's an icon i love him He's my favorite. <laughs> he's so iconic. Like the way he's immediately like, this seems weird. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm gonna leave. See ya. <laughs> That's suspicious. That's weird. <laughs> like he's I... such a he's such an empath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Last year truly was the year of Bail Organa. I hope we get more this year. I need I, more. I need him to show up in Andor season two. Please, yes. for the love of God. I'm so mad that he didn't show up in Andor season one because it would have been so perfect if he was just at Monothma's dinner party. I don't think he fit though. I think that's part of it is like when you're trying to show the isolation of Mon Mothma, you okay. can't true. have Bail Organa be there as like her even though we like know well actually we don't know how like they're close but like we also know that like this is before the their real plotting in like um princess of alderaan yeah fuck i need to read princess of alderaan so badly i promise i'm gonna do it i i've decided okay this is a little bit off topic but i've said in my tbr so midnight horizon once i finish it which is like pretty soon Probably the solo novelization because oh I'm in God. my I'm in yes. my solo era again. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, probably aftermath soon because I'm also in my um post Dan era once again, and Snap Wexley is in aftermath. Oh so. yeah, and perhaps a, a Resistance Reborn reread, but I don't have my Resistance Reborn copy with me anyway. Uh, what other book did I have? Mm, you I finished Most Wanted. Backs. Yeah, oh. really, you should do that before Solo. Oh, yeah. honestly, you're right. Oh. Damn it. Well, I also have to consider the Battle of Jeddah script book, which I. I'm not going through that audiobook. I've heard from too many different people that it's just hard to follow. The characters all kind of mush into one. I've never really been an audiobook person in the first place. I- I'm just waiting for that. And then we have Rebel Rising, which I'm pretty sure I will read. And then Leia, Princess of Alderaan. What- why are you shaking your head at me? Because you haven't read Rebel Rising yet. Yeah. Listen, I just got my literacy back, okay? I am reading Minerals of Horizon for you guys. Listen, I read Rebel Rising in one sitting. It was so good. It's really? Just, it's really quick, I promise. Mm. Not, maybe not quick, but like, it's really good that you want yeah. to keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> literacy is a blessing and a curse. Truly. Who? What do we think Krennic was doing on the night of the um, the assault on the Jedi Temple? Ironing Probably immediately, uh, immediately practicing their he deserved they deserved it speech. <laughs> <laughs> so valid, and uh, while ironing his cape, <laughs> getting ready to get promoted. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the cape wasn't part of his uniform then. It was just, he just had that for fun. Mm-hmm. He's just like me for real. I also own multiple capes. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Any other characters we missed? Shout out to the split second Millennium Falcon um, Easter egg that flies into the port. Did you Have you guys never seen that? No, I can't remember what scene it is, but the, when a sh- ship is landing, you could see a bunch of ports at the bottom. And which parts? Can, 
I don't remember which part, but I just remember it's in there. And you can see that the Falcon land. So it's probably Ooh. Lando. Also, Han yeah. Solo was supposed to be in yeah, the original. I, I do remember that. He was supposed to be like 10 on Kashyyyk or something. Yeah. We do have Chewie being an actual present yes. father. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That reminds me. Uh, in Star Wars 1977, which I finished for the listeners because it's been a while, um, <laughs> they go back to Kashyyyk, but then they meet, they go, Chewie goes back to Kashyyyk after they defeat the Empire to, you know, see his wife and child again and his father. But then they get assaulted by this guy named Knife. <laughs> Very and then descriptive and, name very ham coded name <laughs> no yeah and then it starts another invasion of this other race from the other side of the galaxy and it's 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 a mess it's very grisks coded if you know if you if you guys have read the ascendancy trilogy which i know Liv and emily have not but it's very grisks coded i forget what their name is eh, i'll remember but anyway <laughs> Basically, in Legends, Chewie was not as absent of a father as he is in canon. Even though, don't worry, because Nova and I looked and it says that it's okay because of how long Wookiees live. It's like he's not really missing that much time. Oh, okay. So okay. it's like, it's like, it's like <laughs> I like, I like how like canonically we're like, we have to make sure that Chewbacca is not an absent. He's <laughs> not a deadbeat. <laughs> it's like six months Wookiee time. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> Lumpy's like still a child. It's we're all good. <laughs> Even though in Canada, I guess they don't call him Lumpy. They call him Lumpabaru or something. Yeah. No. Well, no, but then they so it's Lumpabaru, but then like so they shorten it to like the ending of his name instead of the beginning. It's like Waru instead of Lumpy. <laughs> no, it has to be Lumpy. No. <laughs> anyway, there should have been a Lumpy Gamleon. So true. <laughs> Oh my god, Chewie should have had take your child to work day on in the, in the war room like a sheep. He wants him to meet Yoda. <laughs> They're like the same height. If not, like he's like a little bit taller. They would have just, just a little bit. <laughs> and then it's and then it's like so sad because you're like, oh Chewbacca's gonna get captured in like a couple of years. That's sad. But it's okay because then he'll meet Han. And then <laughs> Tiny Hot will like jump and I love that scene. I love that. <sighs> um, anything else from I can't think of anything. They yeah, can't even I connect this back to balance. Wow. Oh my god. They cut my mouth my scene, but it's okay because we got Genevieve O'Reilly out of it. True. Yes, we did. That's another so, so reason true. why they should never have cut that scene. She is exactly. so perfect as Mon Mothma. It is insane. Yeah. But good thing we have Andor now. <laughs> they really made up for it. So true. Um, yeah, I don't think I, I didn't take a lot of notes for this. I The only other thing is it's crazy that they had uh, Christopher Lee and they just didn't use him that much. Like, it feels no, like they would want him to be like around for longer he was there to die basically 
Well, he even was in, in all of Attack of the Clones. But well, yeah, Attack of the Clones, he wasn't in that much of it. Yeah, he was in point like, two seconds. Cut it down. Like, that's what I'm surprised they did. I mean, at least he did have his cool fight scene in Attack of the Clones, even though he mm-hmm. should have had one here. He, he, should have he had, like, kind a- of did. He should have had a longer one. Yeah. Also, we didn't even mention Grievous. Grievous oh, is just, uh, he's just so silly. He's so he's silly. so silly. Like, My dad, I, I want to know what was, what was going through George Lucas's mind when he made Grievous. <laughs> My dad, he was standing there, you know, doing dad stuff. In dad uh, form. In dad <laughs> form. He stood and watched the beginning of the movie after letting my dog out. And he goes, why is he coughing? And I was like, I, there's a reason. I don't know it. <laughs> See, I was just thinking about this. Do you think it's maybe like foreshadowing Vader becoming a cyborg and his, his breathing that he does? Oh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That's the only connection there, that I can maybe make. Isn't there like, a, is there a canonical reason? I feel like there is and I just don't care. In no, Legends. <laughs> in Legends. Oh, okay. He's actually really cool in Legends, but canon, he's just a big goof so true and and you know what they should have made a grievous show instead of andor guys stop that's all i can think of grievous is on screen who has you hostage blink (laughs) once if you're okay twice if somebody's holding a gun to your (laughs) but seriously did someone seriously say they wanted a grievous show instead of andor yeah, I forgot. It might have been theory, but I forgot exactly what oh. it was. But that was like a thing that was said and everyone was making fun of it. So if, if you ever hear me say that, that's what I'm referencing. Okay. <laughs> oh, the tears of my eyes. And But it's okay because Cassian had a General Grievous lunchbox. We've talked about this before. <laughs> on so this true. Oh my god. <sighs> you know how Cyril has his, his Jedi and clone action figures. He had Cassian a had battle droid and Grievous action Exactly. Figures. So true. I love it. And it's so foil of them. It is. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'm still, it's... okay, the one thing I wish we would have seen in Andor, and I have no idea how they would have included it, but Cassian throwing rocks at clones, I would have Yeah, that. they mm. made it a lot more like, serious with what he did but we got the essence of it but it would have been funnier to see him as like a little like child (laughs) like fucking like six when he was doing that like (laughs) yeah like according to that i think that would have been if that happened it would have been on canari now Mm -hmm. before like the destruction Okay, so then give me more Canari flashback scenes. So yes, I can him, see. And, him and Carrie yeah. throwing rocks yes. at clones. I need it. What? I need, I need it so it. bad. Like every time I think about that, I laugh. It's <laughs> like, so He's funny. so iconic for that. <laughs> but for him. And I As much as, as I love the clones, but like, <laughs> it's just a little funny. It's, it's a lot of funny. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> well so where oh. does this rank for everybody this i be- don't even know anymore because like, honestly like i said before it used to be my favorite it has definitely dropped i think maybe five or six. Oh wow yeah 
just because I like the original trilogy a lot more now and I will admit mm-hmm. to Solo being my favorite now as I didn't before um so yeah I think it's it's just shifted mm-hmm. a little bit but I still love it despite its flaws but um yeah for me I'm doing my silly little list on letterboxd where yeah, I rank I them all too and I like add them as I watch them so it's a little bit more accurate mm-hmm. but right now out of the three movies we've watched it is the top one just because the mm-hmm. other two are the phantom medicine attack of the clones. <laughs> uh attack of the clones is at the bottom by the way uh anyway yeah for me right now in this very moment it is the, at the top of the Kessel Run Relay Star Watch rewatch Star Wars ranking but in my Skywalker Saga ranked that I made when I rewatched all the movies it is sixth Mm. Mm. um I don't know if it's that high it's it's definitely below the rise of Skywalker, which a lot of people are going to get upset about, but it just is. Um, but it might be above Return of the Jedi. So basically it is, it's in the ranking with my least favorite of the other trilogy films, but yeah, it's probably something, what does that make it if it's Phantom Menace, Attack of Clones, Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith? Uh, uh, well... I might like it better than A New Hope too. I'm not sure. I'd have to, I need to rewatch A New Hope. Um, a New Hope is- it's So it's middle-ish. Yeah. It's kind of difficult to get through just because it's made in the very 70s fashion of there's a lot of exposition. Not yeah. very much happens until- the, the first, it's really hard for me to get through just like that first part where it's just- c-3po and r2 yeah it's like like, 20 like minutes like i'm like you gotta yeah but like once you get into like actual like like when they're on the death star yeah, yeah it goes a little quicker um yeah so it might be above a new hope in return of the jedi but not but once again not above the rise of skywalker um mm-hmm. So somewhere in the middle-ish, probably, I don't think number six, I think officially number six for me might be Rise of Skywalker. You handshake me. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like once our rewatch gets to Rise of Skywalker, because we've all, you know, we've had our Rey episode, we've had our, um, we've read The Shadow of the Sith, that will be a, a very different to what I originally have it as because currently mm-hmm. it is in fact last <laughs> on my oh rank. I as the, my thing too is I I base a lot of my ranking partially on like rewatchability and mm-hmm. I Me too. almost never want to rewatch the prequels but I will rewatch mm-hmm. the rise of Skywalker the one reason I don't rewatch rise of Skywalker is because I'm always a blubbering mess by the end of it mm-hmm. however I I do like it better, I think, than the prequels. The overall plot is maybe not there, but the character, but most of, yeah, most of the character arcs are really well. The thing is, my out. love for the characters 
trumps a lot yet too like it's the same thing like I I even if it's not like the plot I have issues with I enjoy watching Ray so much more than I enjoy watching other Star Wars characters so I don't so know valid. so valid so valid um yeah but I'd be I'm interested to see where this falls once we've rewatched the originals I said I know Empire is still like in my top five for sure yeah because Empire is just it's just too good mm-hmm. my besties it is in fact time for Kessel Run Book Club it's I don't been a even, while it's been a long time I don't even know how many comics we have to go over live do you have a I list I don't even know no I don't oh. just, I think whatever one <laughs> come to mind maybe afra like, and bounty hunters wait hidden empire 2 do we, did, do we talk about hidden empire 2 i don't even remember when hidden empire 2 came out i think I it think came the out last, the first week of december i think the last book club we had was for the taylor episode and that was live alone and i know Liv talked about afra yeah hmm because that was at the beginning of december i think we missed most of any comics that came out in december <laughs> oh no we don't have to go over them all okay yeah you could just go over the ones you remember because if you don't remember them <laughs> yeah no I remember on the Taylor episode I talked about Afra and Vader okay so and we I, didn't oh. talk about Hidden Empire okay so Hidden Empire number two um Bounty Hunters and the second Afra issue that came out right uh, didn't yes. High Republic, I don't know if I didn't read it. Oh, High yeah, Republic, Republic three. Three. Oh, shit, all and the High Republic Blade. comics. Oh, well, my God. No, High Republic, uh, we already did High Republic one. Liv also talked about that. Yeah. High Republic I Adventures think it would have been one, High sorry. Republic sorry. Two. No, I think it's High Republic Adventures one oh, with yeah. um, Little Pirate Girl. Yes. Whose name <laughs> I'm blanking on. But then I think a High Republic 2 came out and we had not talked about that. And 3 has not come out yet, right? We just got the preview for it. High no, Republic it's four. 2 came out like the second week of November. So we've definitely talked about that. Um, it was probably oh, so High Republic, Republic It is High Republic 3. And The Blade. Oof. Oh, The Blade. And Han and Chewie 8, but I uh, didn't. I'm, I'm not that. reading Han and Chewie. <laughs> I'm only collecting it for the Phil Noto covers at this point. <laughs> no, not even the Phil Noto. Yeah, the Phil Noto covers. Yeah. What am I talking about? Anyways, <gasps> okay, let's go through the other comics first because I know we're gonna talk about bounty hunters for a long time. So rapid fire, um, Hidden Empire two thoughts. Slay, slay, so true. Um, also, I'm getting very worried for Kofon Ferris because at the end of Hidden Empire two, they basically face off against Vader alone. It's it's just bad. But then, for them. but then, don't Chaneth Cha and the orphans pop up and they're like, "Hey, yes, true." Besties. Mm-hmm. I do like Chaneth Cha a lot. I do too. Um, Afra twenty. What are we on? Twenty. That was twenty-seven. That came seven. Out. Okay, Afra twenty-seven. Uh, we need to kill Domina Tag. No, I don't want them to. <laughs> I am concerned because, okay, now I can say this in legends. Okay. Here's some, here's some lore drop for you. So 
in Legends, Damina is the only daughter in the Tag family. So it's Orman, Silas, and Damina. Orman got blinded by Darth Vader's lightsaber. I don't remember if that's how he got blinded in canon, but I do know so he's blind. Ca- so canon coded. So true. And he, in Legends, he actually, you know how, okay, Liv, you'll know what I'm talking about, but do you know how in the Bosch comic, Boosh, Bosch, I don't know, Damina has the proto-saber yes. that she's building? He has the proto-saber. So I guess Ooh. in canon, I think he designed it and then Damina's using it, but in Legends, he's the one that designed it and is using it. Now, Silas is that motherfucker that, look, that looks like a monk, and he has, like, a bald head but really long scraggly hair mm-hmm. uh he really doesn't do much he is like the lead scientist of the tag corporation which he also is in canon in the the bosch comic they have that big like council of tags where it's just like tags up and down the table uh and then there's Demina. so Demina is uh, again the only daughter in the tag family so she's sent away to a cult in order to stay pure which is an interesting way to put it. Uh, basically, so it's a Orman, nun. Sorry. So it's like a nun. Yeah. She made my sex. They made my sexy girl boss a nun. Basically, but she still has like the yellow dress thing. So and so Orman so specifically says that she's like she's uncorrupted and she needs to stay pure which is a very weird way to talk about a woman point blank so they send her to a cult however the and supposedly the cult is supposed to be neutral so they don't take the side of the rebellion or the empire however okay so they're on the side of the empire (laughs) yeah so basically Damina goes and visits the rebellion I think they're still on Yavin at this point so Demina goes and visits the Rebellion and she tells the Rebellion that the cult, I forget what the cult is called. It's like something, some really long name, but she tells the Rebellion that the cult is rethinking its status as a neutral body. Little do they know, Darth Vader is in league with Demina. And she, okay, so... Vader basically killed Orman and Silas, her two brothers. So she is in league with Vader to get revenge on Vader for killing her brothers. However, she doesn't know that her brothers aren't dead and they're, they're actually being kept alive in like a life support chamber. But then they both wake up from the life support chamber and then they go to the cult planet. And then Orman actually gets killed by Vader because he puts a force vision on him to make Luke think Orman Tag is Vader but it's not, it's Ormontag. So he kills Ormontag. It's Legends comics. It's very complicated. So basically, long story short, Luke kills Demina Tag's brother, Ormontag, and that makes Demina hate the Rebellion and Luke Skywalker. Now, in the 50th, in the 50th issue anniversary special, uh, Demina finds these two gems. So if you've read Afra this will sound familiar. So in Legends, there's these two gems that I, I think they're called like the life gems or something like that. But they're red gems that basically if they're separated will um, will cause this disease called the Crimson Forever, which is like a disease that basically kills you with greed. 
in the, at, in the very least complicated kind of way. So she wants to keep them apart for herself and like keep the gems for herself, but people keep stealing them. So people on her Star Destroyer, because she gets a Star Destroyer from Vader or something, people on her Star Destroyer keep separating them. So they keep dying, but she seals herself off in her medic chamber so that she doesn't get like the disease. But Luke and Leia have to go and get the gems. And this is also happening while Han is in Carbonite. So Han actually had a run in with the gems earlier in his life. But now they have to save the gems to maybe help Han because they don't know how the carbonite freezing works. It's it's very complicated. Long story short, in the anniversary issue with Valance, where Valance comes back, Star Wars 108, um, he reunites the gems, saves himself, and saves Damina and Luke from the Crimson Forever. So slay of him. That yeah, good for Alex. To me, the tag in Legends is very, it, as I'm sure you heard, it's a lot. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't think we should kill Demina Tag. I don't think she can be killed, to be honest. I don't think she's, they'll kill her. She's too sexy to be killed. Please, I need her. <laughs> I need her. I need to see that part of Revelations come to life. <laughs> Of her and Afra making out, making out. I need, I need to see it with my own eyes. But now I'm worried that like Afra will be separated from the the Spark Eternal, which I think that's what is going to happen because they're kind of yeah. kind of separated now. But mm-hmm. I'm worried that the Spark Eternal will be gone for good, and Afra will team up with Sana and the exes and her dad again, and she's going to distract Domina by making out so they can kill her. And oh, so that, no. is, that is that is my fear now. And I don't know if I'll be able to handle that. I can't, I can't lose her. Oh I no. I can't lose, listen, I already think I'm going to lose one sexy girl boss, aka Kira this year. I can't lose Demina as well. I <laughs> This will go down as being the worst year in history for me if that happens. I need a healthy dose of girl bosses to keep on living. Emily, what are your thoughts on everything we just talked about? <laughs> um, I also don't think that I'm I'm always pro don't kill sexy evil women um, in Star <laughs> Wars. I think all of them should live because... <laughs> They should. They should be allowed to just be a little That's bit evil. evil. Yeah. I mean, she Kill. doesn't. She doesn't die in Legends, so there's a chance. We need this as reparations for Ventress dying. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hmm. Yes. Yes. For sure. Um, yeah, glad they didn't make her a nun in canon. That seems lame. <laughs> mm-hmm, me too. That's the most prime example I've seen of like men in the 70s just didn't know what the fuck to do with. <laughs> um, in that case, moving on to Bounty Hunters 29. <laughs> oh, I was a mess, okay? I was not okay in that Home Depot parking lot because... The way that it's written, they mirror each other so much. And that's the point. 
it just makes it so <laughs> and like Tasu, Tasu and Bosk being besties, I liked that. Um, however, the panel at the end, Ethan, you I need a moment before I say something I regret. Um I, I can't th- I can't think of something to say that's not mean. Um, but basically, after Tonga thinking Valance is dead for a long period of time. They finally like reunite on this planet Bestine and they both realize they're fighting each other. Tonga realizes Valance is alive and then Valance realizes that the Crimson Dawn operatives they're fighting are Tonga and the Edgehog crew, which is emotional damage to the max. And we're getting the Bounty Hunters 30 preview this week and I'm not ready. I'm not mentally well. (sighs) It's just a lot. And then after this issue was 31, which we all know how we feel about that on this podcast. Listen, but at one point he said 30 was going to be worse than 31. So I am honestly more scared for 30. No. And then 31 will just be like damage control. And then I'm also very, very worried for 32. And I also <laughs> still feel very betrayed by Ethan. So can't promise me a Zuckus issue. And then it's like, <laughs> Zuckus is in a coma. <laughs> I can't do this. Basically, Ethan, you owe us $40,000 in psychological damages. Yeah. So true. <laughs> oh. I can't do this. In other news, I've become extremely literate. So I said, I think I said in our last episode, I finished out of the shadows and inferno squad uh i have been and then i took a break from reading like books books to read star wars 1977 which i did finish i read something like 70 issues in the span of two weeks it was a lot um however most of it was very good i will say the issues set right after new hope like issues seven to like 32 or something there were some good issues in between like issue 30 is actually a really good leia issue um and then issue 37 is either 36 or 37 that is a very good luke and leia story with a very unique art style and like a really good perspective on Luke and Leia and like their place in the galaxy. And then it got to the Empire Strikes Back adaptation, which holy shit, I've talked about this. Some of my favorite Star Wars content ever. I think every single person needs to read that. Incredible art, incredible adaptation. Um, And then it starts to get into more Lando issues and like Lando stuff. And especially like towards the end, like like issues 70 through 80, there's a lot of Lando stuff in there. Speaking on how, like, the structure of Star Wars 1977 and, like, the Star Wars titles from Marvel now, like, Star Wars 2015 and Star Wars 2020, Star Wars 1977 is very one-shot based. Like, there's very few issues where there's, like, a continuous arc. And I think I kind of like Star Wars 2020 and Star Wars 2015 better just because it's more continuous and you can kind of really get attached to the characters a little more. However, I do like them both in their separate ways. Um, and then as we all know, I'm reading my net horizon. So 
Hayden literacy update complete. Now Liv, how is your literacy? I am also literate now. Not as much as Hayden, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I read the first volume of the Lost Stars manga Ooh. in basically half an hour. Damn. It was pretty good. It's it's mostly pictures. That's why I finished it so quickly. Um, but now I have to get the other two volumes, and I don't feel like doing that right now. So <laughs> I'll do it eventually. Um, and then I went to bookstore to get something for my dad's birthday the other day and I was looking at the Star Wars books and I was like what the heck maybe I will get Path of Deceit so I am I am now currently reading Path of Deceit I'm almost halfway through I just haven't read for the past two or three days because my brain is broken um but I'll get back into it I'm hoping to finish it before Tuesday because um High Republic 4 comes out on Wednesday. Mm. And since the Herald is on the cover, I feel like I may be spoiled for some things that happen in this book. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my goal. Um, so I got to do a lot of reading today, tomorrow, and Tuesday. I think that's you can do fun. it. It's a pretty quick I, read. Yeah. Like, when shit starts I'm going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the last half really goes by. Oh, yeah. Quick. Mm-hmm. I am a... a quite a fast reader I always have been so and it's YA it's not like it's an adult book so my brain yeah. can actually process it so you know mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's time for an Emily literacy update what are you reading Emily um so I set my goal at 52 books this year so it's like a book a week I'm hoping that I can maybe get to 55 but I started at 52 just to like pace myself um what have I read uh I finished um Ariadne oh isn't which... that the the spider lady or no that's no. a rack <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Different this Greek is myth. The, you're good the sister of the minotaur who helps uh the guy escaped from the labyrinth and then ends up getting uh left on an island where she then and it turns out it's like Dionysus Island so she marries Dionysus um fuck Theseus though oh fuck Theseus (laughs) fuck Theseus he's the worst um but (laughs) is I enjoyed it I have quite a few like Greek retellings on my shelf that I want to get to this year um so I enjoyed this one. It's kind of one of those, like in the vein of like Madeline Miller, uh, Cersei, kind of like a more feminist retelling mm-hmm. of uh, the story, just looking at, especially in this one, looking at like how oftentimes in Greek myths, it was like men making the mistakes and decisions, but it was then the women in their life who suffered a lot um, because of it. Um, like, especially like this talks about like how like Medusa, like she was raped and yet she is the one who had to face the consequences for something that she like it wasn't her fault she didn't want that it wasn't her fault um so I enjoyed it I'm probably gonna read uh I think the author has Electra um and then Atlanta is another book coming out this year so I'll probably read uh I have Electra and that one um and then my family are really big F1 fans 
And instead of getting into F1 for real, I just decided I'm going to read an F1 romance book. <laughs> As you should. So I read that and that was fun and fine. And I understand nothing about the F1 stuff. I was just like, <laughs> they're traveling and they're driving fast cars for sure. Um, and that was true. I, I just asked my sister, who do you think this driver is based on? Because um, there's a guy in it who's Black. British and has tattoos and I was like well that's obviously Lewis Hamilton <laughs> but like I asked her about the other ones that she was like going through and because they drive for like fake teams because I think the author couldn't get in trouble with like copyright yeah. I was like what team do you think that is she's like oh it's probably this one and I was like what driver do you think this face of she's like well this guy is British so he, or German so it could be this guy <laughs> so that's fun I know nothing about F1 but it was like a fine uh romance book I'm gonna read the rest of the series because I'm committed um and then I'm currently reading uh The Stolen Heir by Holly Black which is like a sequel duology to the Cruel Prince trilogy uh which I enjoyed but I was a little upset or disappointed by the last book um but it's pretty good so far I really like the main character and it follows like um the brother of like the main character from the original or from the trilogy um and he's kind of cool and interesting uh, it's an interesting, uh, for like YA, it deals a lot in like kind of the moral grayness, especially because it's fairies, but it's like more like traditional fairy tale fairies that like they trick humans and like mm-hmm. can't touch iron. And steal your baby. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and she did get stolen as, and she was oh. a fairy, but like it does include stealing children. So and, like mortals. <laughs> so, um, and it's, it's good so far. I hope I, I kind of want to just finish it today um because I just I've been reading it for a few days so I want to and I want to get it finished before I go back to work um but enjoying it so far kind of redeeming itself from the disappointment that was the last book in the series uh but I have not read a Star Wars book this year so far I don't know what my next book is going to be I think it's between um Black Spire and maybe Resistance Reborn one of the two I am trying to get more into the sequels and I want to try to finish all of the sequel uh novelizations this year mm-hmm. um the Revenge of the Sith novelization is also on my list of things to finish um or read this year um and the Thrawn at least the original Thrawn trilogy um I I kind of want to get finished that this year. So those are my main Star Wars book uh, goals, besides the the new ones that are coming out um, later this year. But those are my main ones. Speaking uh, of books that are coming out this year, I don't know. We only know two books I think that are coming out from Del Rey that are not High Republic. Oh, it's yeah. the Inquisitor book and Battle Scars. But what's weird is that Del Rey and, is her- and maybe Return of the Jedi novel or from yes. a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi. But they haven't, I don't think they're announcing that until celebration. But what's weird is that last year on New Year's Eve, Del Rey made an announcement, like announcing all the new books that were coming out for the next year. They didn't do that this year. So are we only getting High Republic and like two non-High Republic books this year, which kind of worries me because I think the the non-High Republic books, for me at least, they give me a really nice refresher from the High Republic and they don't like, you know, just dump it all on you. And that's 
how my brain works is that's why I've had to read like a non high Republic book in between all the high Republics, high Republic books I've read just to give myself a break. That kind of worries me, especially with the pace of this phase being a lot more concentrated and like interconnected in the last phase. Well, that I I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, but yeah, we're literate on this podcast. Finally, (laughs) finally literacy has prevailed. I'm hoping some of it is just, they haven't, announced it yet because it's Me just too. coming out like in the second half of the year so like mm-hmm. they might not know the exact release schedule or have like titles and covers set mm-hmm. for those versus the higher public maybe the higher public is just more the focus of the first half of the year mm-hmm. um either that or like it's yeah because I don't really even really know like I was gonna say maybe it's like based on stuff but like I don't really know like unless it's like a like a Bo-Katan book that they're hiding that they can't because of Mando stuff mm-hmm. uh that's just my dream um yeah because I don't really know like what else they would be hiding really or like would be based on like they can't release it until like after a certain like tv show gets mm-hmm. released maybe but like I don't really know because they haven't really done any like bad batch novelizations Mando I like I said it would feels like it would just be like Bo-Katan mm. uh, or they could finally give us a Mando prequel book for the love Bo-Kin, of God please please it's what please. we need not the Mando comic adaptation we either need a Mando comic or a Mando book like at this point mm. it's all fan and it's all fan I'm still waiting for my Cassie and Andor young adult book excuse you where the fuck was that I'm still <laughs> waiting for my Aldani rebel book at this point you can do that like most of them are dead <laughs> <laughs> you can write it and just include you don't have to spoil Val and Cinta. you can just write it where's my Val Cinta meeting anyway um <laughs> anyway I'm not bitter at all about the way that they've not given us a lot of Andor stuff versus the amount of my sister and I went into Target the other day the amount of fucking Kenobi like merch the children's merch stuff that they had and it was like nothing like Andor like all all the black figures too were either Kenobi or like all the figurines and like action figures were the Kenobi or like just other like I think they had like Andor Leia but like they didn't have any of the Andor ones because they and they only released weird characters because like yeah sure why why would I why would I want Cyril or Dedra when I could just have some random fucking Imperial that makes me feel I like that <laughs> anyway <laughs> still counting on that second wave of Andor Funkos too not even a second wave they've released three it needs to be it's the first wave. <laughs> And it's, it's honestly, like, I at least need Cinta, for the love of God, Cinta and Bix. But honestly, they should be releasing Cyril and Dedra as well, because they both had such a huge role in the show. Marva, Luthen, how they haven't released a Luthen pop Mothma. after. Mama. You can do multiple Mothmas. She has literally <laughs> outfits, like. And you can make her like chases or exclusives in certain yeah. outfits. Like, 
whatever. At least we got a Ray Valentine's Day Funko Pop. So true. Yeah. I need to get it because I saw Me it in Box Lunch, but I didn't get it yet. And it was like really cute. And I'm debating if I want to get Kylo as well because he is really cute as well. <laughs> uh, does anybody have any last minute thoughts on anything in the world? We get a new Indiana Jones movie this year. Yes, that's we do. It. So true. That's that's what keeps me going every day. <laughs> As it should. Damn, I noticed the, the Indiana Jones movies were on Prime, so I might finally watch them this year. Play. As you Yay. should. Even though I don't understand why Disney doesn't have them. That seems weird to me. <laughs> it's okay. a whole like licensing thing because they're distributed by Paramount. Mm-hmm. So even oh. though Disney owns the movie, the distribution thing, yeah, I'm sure sometime this year they'll be on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they'll, they have they'll find to. a way to to buy them back, or yeah, because yeah, we we need those, please. Need those. Not oh. that I don't. Not that they're not on Netflix, and I don't have all of them on DVD. But, oh, I was like, know. they're not on Netflix. They're Canada. on Netflix for Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thought from me. Uh, please submit your questions for Alyssa Wong because the question form closes next week on the 15th and we will be interviewing them. And if you don't send in questions, I am going to come to your house and be under your bed. Excellent. Excellent. Also, make sure to send us questions. We do love our questions. We love questions so much. You've seen how excited we get when we get questions. (laughs) Please send us questions. (laughs) New year, new questions. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And with that, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. Uh, Make sure to follow us on our social medias. All of our links will be in the description. Thank you once again. And may the force be with you.